0: Welcome to another episode of Becoming Referrable, the podcast that helps you be the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Julie Littlechild and on this week's show, Steve and I are more than a little excited to be speaking with Stacy Brown Randall. Why? Because she teaches a no-asking referral generation strategy. We think it's a great message and a great process. Stacy is a three-time entrepreneur the author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking and host of the Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast. We talk to her about her five-step process to drive more referrals in a way that's comfortable and reflects why clients refer in the first place. And she tells us the top three myths that get in the way of driving more referrals. What's so interesting about Stacy's approach is that it's born of pure experience. The lessons she teaches were learned in the trenches as she grew her own business, and she's very open about what worked and what didn't. And with that, let's get to our conversation with Stacy.
1: Experts get more calls and clients than other advisors. You know as much as they do, so how can you get the media to recognize you as an expert? Learn the secrets and develop the skills at the Advisor Thought Leader Summit in Chicago, November 9th and 10th. Experts Marie Swift and Mary Beth Kuzmeski will show you how to work with the media and position yourself as the go-to source when it comes to personal finance and investment strategy. You will learn how to communicate more powerfully. You will hone your presentation skills and be more persuasive, whether on camera, on the phone, with reporters, on stage, or in client presentations. You will learn how to create your own credibility platform and get more public recognition. Find out whether a blog or a book is right for you and how to do it. In addition to Marie and Mary Beth's insights, speakers include journalist, speaker and producer, Angie Larson, author and speaker, John Wasik, author, speaker, writer, and podcaster, Stephen Wershing, CFP, and industry sage, Bob Veries. Every participant will walk away with a suite of digital assets to use on their websites, in email campaigns, and on social media. These tools will help you be slightly famous and give you the visibility to be found by the wider media world. Go to advisorthoughtleadersummit.com and use the code WORSHING30 to get 30% off the first day's registration. Two days in Chicago can help you become the go-to expert and attract more attention and more clients November 9th and 10th. Remember to use WORSHING30 at checkout to get 30% off your first day's registration. Go to advisorthoughtleadersummit.com and reserve your spot today. And now, Becoming referable.
2: So, Stacy, welcome. So happy to have you here with us today.
3: Yeah, welcome, Stacey.
2: Yes, thank you, Steve and Julie. I appreciate it. Well, I'm so excited because it seems we all have a common interest in referrals. So uh, that's a good place to start this conversation. Um, and I'm, I'm going to talk to you about some of the great work that you're doing um, and some of the methodologies that you've got for advisors. But um, can you just start by telling us a little bit about the work that you're
4: doing, just to give our listeners some context for that? Sure. So, you know, it's interesting. I started out as a productivity and business coach when I started my second business. And it was during that time with um, starting my second business that I realized there was a way to grow my business better than I needed and wanted to be able to do. And so I really stumbled upon referrals and from there figured out some ways to do some, you know, really great work with clients and with my own company of growing my business on referrals. And I kind of shifted my whole practice into that focus of really helping people generate referrals without asking through my online trainings, my VIP one-on-one coaching that I have, and really helping people dive into to understand how referrals work and then how do we make it work for us in a way that isn't what is typically the advice we hear, which is how to ask, but I'm the exact opposite of that. Focused on how do you generate referrals without asking? Uh, well, so are we. So we won't argue on that point. Uh, so,
3: <laughs> we're in complete agreement. Exactly.
2: There. Um, so that's interesting. So you you actually switched gears because you were finding success in this other area. But I assume you also spotted a good opportunity or, or recognized that a lot of professionals were probably. Grappling with this same issue. I mean, what was the problem that you saw that uh, you really thought you could fix?
4: So, I have to be honest, I would tell you that the problem I saw, I wanted to fix for myself. I mean, that was ultimately why I started um, working and looking at referrals. And the problem that I saw was when my first business failed it was an HR consulting firm. When it failed, and I looked at how I generated business. I realized that I worked entirely too hard for every client that I did land. And there wasn't anything easy about that business. And that's not the only thing that led to its failure. But when I had an opportunity to, I had to get a job after my business failure. When I had an opportunity to leave my job, go back out on my own, I wanted to make business easier for myself. So ultimately, that was what I was after. I was like, OK, I need to find a way to do business development in a way that I'm willing to do it where I can be authentic. I can be you know, somewhat happy <laughs> or willing to do it. I wasn't going to do tactics that wasn't going to work for me. But you know, I also didn't want to go through another business failure. So I was willing to try different things, too. So when I look back at my first failure, and I realized, wow, I had no referrals in my first business, what does it look like to grow a business with referrals? That's when I started doing all the research and being like, what does this look like for me? And so that's really how I kind of stumbled upon, I want to generate referrals, but wait, I don't like that advice that I have to ask. Can I figure out how to do it different? My business was the guinea pig. I didn't know if it was going to be successful, to be honest. It was successful. And I happened to be coaching what would become my ideal client for my referral work. So with my small business owners and solopreneurs, a lot of professional firms that were focused on building relationships like financial advisors, insurance agents, realtors, you know, um, CPAs, attorneys, those were also who I was coaching. So when I started talking about my business success around referrals and how I was doing it, they just wanted to know more. And it's then that I discovered, wait, what what I have figured out isn't specific to me. It isn't because Stacy is who Stacy is that makes this work, because when they started having success with it, that's when I realized, I, I, I'm actually to something here. There is a way to generate referrals in a different way for those that are open to it.
2: So tell us about that testing process. I mean, it's fascinating that this is tested in the trenches in a way. Um, how did you, how did you go about trying different approaches or, you know, just talk us through that a little.
4: So I think the first thing you have to pay attention to when you're looking at wanting to generate referrals is if you've been in business for any amount of time, usually more than two years, is looking back to the referrals you had received. And that was... When I started my second company, my, my coaching practice, I realized that very quickly, my first couple of clients came on board because they knew me, you know, going out to have coffee with people that were in my network that knew me, what I really realized, and I was doing that because I just wanted them to know, right, like, this is what I'm doing now so they can kind of keep me in mind. What I was ultimately after was them just remembering what I was doing, but they became clients, which was unexpected. And then that's where my referrals really started from this first kind of handful of clients. And then it would, it would kind of snowball from there. So I paid attention to when the referrals were happening and I just started, and that's really what it was. I just started paying attention to why are they referring me and when are they referring me? And the why they were referring me is because I was doing great work and they were having success. And when people have success or transformations in their business or in their life, they are usually more willing to talk about it. And the second thing is, is that I was paying attention to when, and it typically happened after I had done something for them, not necessarily the work for them, like a coaching session, but when I was taking care of them and I was showing gratitude and thankfulness to them for being a client, and then for a while, thank you for referring me. And so then I noticed that, that there was always usually a pattern to it. And so as I started to take that pattern and apply it to my business, that's when I realized, oh, there's actually some steps here. There's a process here. And then that's what I ended up ultimately teaching to my clients. But that testing ground, it really was, hey, there's something happening here. Let me pay attention to it. Let me be open to it and pay attention to it. And then as I started teaching it, that's when I realized, oh, wait, it's five steps. And here's what it looks like. And here's the language you use. And here's what you're supposed to do. Um, all of that came after I actually started teaching it to others. But in the beginning, it really was just what's happening. When is it happening? Why is it happening? And can I figure out a way to duplicate that?
3: and and if i if I could there there are a couple things I'd like to highlight from what you said because I think they're really important um, one one of them is that you know you, you were looking for sort of a systematic way of uh, of incorporate you know of, of of asking because you know your first uh, your first business failed because you weren't getting enough and um one of the things that 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 we hear from advisors all the time well one of the things we've observed about advisors is that a lot of them um, succeeded because they're so good at selling, and they they don't get they don't get many referrals and they don't do other kinds of marketing. And you can succeed just fine doing nothing but selling, but you have to work way harder than you should have to. And that's sort of you made a similar point to that. One of the other things I wanted to point out was one of the things that you did was look at how they're coming in and 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 be paying attention to that. And keeping information about it, uh, you talk about it in your book, and Julie and I have found it in our research together that that the firms that get the most referrals also keep the best records about that, so that anybody who comes into the system, they get captured. And so I just, I, I really want to highlight that because you make that, you made that point and you make it in your book, and it and that's one of those critical pieces.
4: It, it's it's also that piece that most people, when I tell them, like, you know, as, as you guys know, when you see it in the book, but... Um, That first step is really keeping information on who's referring you and kind of always having that information. I remember I did um, some training with a group of advisors and the kind of the CEO of the company, which was also the lead on this team. You know, I was telling him what I needed him to do to go get this information. And and he got got upset, not really at me, but he was like, I cannot believe we haven't been tracking this. And this is a very successful firm. He's like, I can't believe we haven't been tracking this to the level, not the level of detail, because it's not a crazy amount of detail, but to a point where the data actually does us any good.
3: Right, right. And that exactly. was really his point. Well, and, and it's funny because, you know, so in our business, um, you know, you have mo- most inv- most advisors who do investment management track a lot of statistics about about their investments obsessively, but they don't translate that into, oh, I should keep track of some things in my business too. Right,
2: <laughs> right. But, you know, well, and I, you know, Part of it may be because you're you, we're not always asking the question. I mean, advisors are getting referrals, right? There's a natural level of referrals that come, frankly, with limited effort. But just doing good work, which is, in fairness, not limited effort. But um, you know what I mean? There's it's not intentional. And and I think all of us are probably more interested in that question of what would happen if I was actually intentional about this and, and exactly. go above and beyond. But, but if you're getting, you know, a, a good referral every month or two every month, maybe you don't ask that question. I just think it's a huge lost opportunity.
4: I would definitely agree. And I think that, I think there is a place in our business where we can track too much data and too much information. And the point is just making sure you're tracking the things that actually move your business forward, which I think is the, the the push for why this information should be tracked. I just don't think people think about it because they're just so happy to have that potential new client. They're not always thinking about I'm going to want to know where you came from later, so that maybe I can duplicate my efforts.
2: And there's something I wanted to ask you about because it's almost like the anti-tracking question here. Um, <laughs> so we can get very detailed on the specifics and the systems, and I, I do want to talk through those steps, but. Um, you have an assessment, and we'll put the link uh, in the show notes. Um, And one of the questions is, do you believe you deserve referrals? Which I thought was a really interesting place to start. Can you just expand on that a little bit and tell
4: us why you think it's such an important question?
2: Sure. And you're
4: right. So that's in the uh, Referral Ninja quiz that I have. And it is the very first question. And what I have found is, is that superficially, most people will tell you, that they want referrals, and that, yeah, they kind of think they deserve them, but they don't actually know what it means to deserve them. Um, Most people on some superficial level can say, it's because I do great work. And so I always ask that question because I don't think people pay attention to and actually understand what it means to be referable and to truly understand why your mindset around it matters. So you know one of the things I always talk about is nobody refers crappy work but they don't refer average work either. You really have to make sure that you're going into your business mindset with this idea of that you deserve referrals because you do excellent work and you care about your clients and you're doing the right thing. It's it's not, it's not a difficult mindset, but it is the mindset you need to have. But the thing about referrals is you're never owed them. So you have to work for them. So having the mindset around referrals is one, Recognizing that you think you do great work and the work you do matters. And then the second part of that is, is understanding that you got to work for this because you're, you deserve them, absolutely, but you're not owed them. And so making sure you are in that right mindset of deserving them is really a two-parter. And I find it's an interesting question when I go back and I look at the assessments of how people answer that question. Most say yes. Um, because they do think they deserve it. But when I have an opportunity to dig in with somebody, they don't really know what that means. But I always tell folks it's doing the work to deserve them and then recognizing that you're not owed them. So you have to do some work to be able to be worthy of them, too.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So it's it's I just I found it interesting how mindset can play a role and and just pausing to look in the mirror for a moment and ask ourselves that question maybe an unusual place for people to start, but an important one.
4: Yes, absolutely. And you know, a lot of people will say I deserve them, but I'm not getting any. So I guess that means I don't deserve them. Right. And I'm right, always right, like, right. no, 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 no.
2: <laughs> it just means
4: you're not doing the thing you need to be doing to generate them. So <laughs> there's hope for everybody. I mean, I would tell everybody, you know, people come in and there's just three levels in the quiz, but people come in at the, like the, the, you know, what we would call the bottom level, the entry level, or the middle level. And they're like, oh, it takes so much work to get to the top. I'm like, it really, really doesn't. But you have to be willing to do some work.
3: Right, right. And so your work... Um you know, involves, uh, you know, th- you make the point that you need to do work to bring them in. And also that that work should not be to just go out and ask them from your client. So can you sort of give us an overview of those the five steps that you have to, um, you know, to, to get them going?
4: Sure. So it's interesting. And I love how you guys asked the question in the beginning, kind of like the testing ground in my own business. And how did you come up with these five steps? And what does it look like? Because I truly figured out that there were five steps in the process after teaching it a couple of times. And I'll never forget, I was working with a Wells Fargo advisor and I was helping him understand like one of the steps in the process and it wasn't clicking. And I realized I was like, oh, right, he needs a visual to see how this actually fits together. And so really it was like this information and these five steps that now I've done with hundreds and hundreds of students, and we've been doing it for a couple of years. But it really did start out as, you know, when you look at what this what these five steps are, breaking them down to their basic, basic level is they're supposed to be simple. So I'm gonna just start out by saying they're not supposed to be complicated. They're not snap a finger easy but they're not supposed to be complicated. So when I talk about them, just don't allow yourself to get to kind of start thinking about them being more complicated than they are. So I call step one IDing the who, and that is understanding who refers us. Or if we don't have a lot of referral sources, who do we want to be referring us? And in the book, I have an entire chapter on what does it look like to go back into our data and pull this information out about where did our clients come from? And, you know, clients all come from a different number of sources. For advisors, though, right, the holy grail, what is for every business, but particularly with advisors, because I think their work is the hardest work. And I do think that's the hardest industry to get referrals in, just because we're talking about money. um, And, you know, our choices that we've made great or not so great choices, and we're having to bear our souls. So It's important to recognize where did these clients come from? And those that came from referrals, the people who sent them to us, those are our referral sources. So the first step is just gathering who are your referral sources, because what we're about to do is take them on a journey, what I call the referral experience, and we need to know who they are so we know who we're building this experience for. Again, if you don't have a lot of referral sources, so once we've identified who our referral sources are, once we've ID'd the who or who we want them to be. Then we move into step 2. And step 2 is it's just making sure that we have an immediate thank you process that we follow after someone has sent us a referral so it's the easiest step to be honest of all five steps but it's a really important foundational piece because why should i send you more referrals if you cannot properly thank me for the one i just sent you don't have to you know tell me that they became a client or not a client depending on confidentiality and things like that but you have to acknowledge that i did refer someone to you so step number two is pretty simple i mean it it is literally making sure that you always write a handwritten thank you note to each person who's sent you a referral each and every time they send you a new referral.
3: And, and, and we do it's, and it's not just, you know, not them not feeling the gratitude, but it's also when you thank somebody, they, they get that little reward, right? They get that, that reinforcement. So it's, it's, it's more than just, you know, you acknowledging it, but it's what happens inside of them when they get that thank
4: you. It does. And what happens inside of them is that you, we are actually that Them being acknowledged and feeling like, wow, Steve really cares about me. I like, then I'm bought in more to Steve, right? Then I'm bought in more to Julie because they've thanked me for that referral. And what I'm doing is being able to start building a habit within you to think about me in that term and that in that way. And that's really critical as we move into step three, which step three is, is great, you're gonna thank when you receive referrals. And it's not gonna be an email and it's not gonna be a text message. It may be a phone call, but it has to also be a handwritten thank you card because a card shows time in which the other three don't. And so it's really important that it's a handwritten card. Step three is great. You've gotten this follow up process, but what are you going to do to stay top of mind with me as your referral source in between me sending you referrals, like in between you actually being able to thank me? For referrals. So I know you're gonna thank me every time I send you one, but how are you really staying memorable and meaningful to me where you're staying top of mind so that I'm thinking about you in those in that in that way, in between actually receiving a thank you from you? And that's where we build the referral generating plan. And I call step three of my five-step process, I call that the meat and potatoes. That is truly the, the part where we're gonna develop how we're going to show gratitude and thankfulness to our clients, or excuse me, to our referrals sources throughout an entire year does not mean we're doing something every month It does not mean we're doing something that costs a lot of money. It does not mean it's all gift-based. Like there are different things we can do to really make someone feel like we appreciate them. And we're gonna group them by categories in terms of how many referrals they have sent. Because somebody who sends you 10 referrals probably deserves a little bit more tender loving care than maybe somebody who sent you one only. And so we're gonna look at this from a strategic perspective, but at the heart of it, we're building what we're doing based on making sure that we are being memorable and meaningful and we are staying top of mind with our outreach, or as I call touch points, to our referral sources in between of receiving referrals. And so that's the... So
3: Stacy, uh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead, Julie. I'm sorry.
2: <clears throat> no, I was just going to ask if you could give us some specific examples of, of that and what you've seen work effectively. Yes. Okay,
4: definitely. So, you know, when people think about what can I do to be memorable and meaningful, like what does that look like and what does that mean? I always, I always teach it through a few platinum principles that we have to apply. And one of them is, listen, at the end of the day, this isn't about what you want to do. This is about what your referral source would like to receive from you. And so you have to think about it being all about them, which means putting on a seminar about you know some strategy or tactic in your world they probably don't want, right? But for example, what I did for my referral sources, so knowing your referral sources is really important. I know that about... When I was a business and productivity coach, about 80% of my clients were, were parents that owned businesses or they were working parents, which meant when I looked at my referral sources, they kind of mirrored my clients. It doesn't always work that way. It just did in my business. So I knew that I had a majority of my referral sources were working parents. So I recognized Mother's Day and Father's Day for my referral sources. And so one year, this is a couple years ago now, I sent all of my female referral sources at Mother's Day a Wonder Woman water bottle. Again, not everything you do is a gift. I'm just using this one as the example because I know you can visualize it. So, bright red Wonder Woman water bottle. And on the card it just said, "Never forget you are a hero. Happy Mother's Day, Stacy." And so what that said to them was is that I see you and I recognize what you're doing, right? I recognize that being a work as a working mother, I recognize that it's hard. And I want to give you something that's all about you. My logo was nowhere on that card. My logo was nowhere on that water bottle. It was truly something for them. So if I had slapped my logo on the other side of the water bottle, it would have been about me. It's not about me, it's about them. And it's about recognizing the fact that, hey, you're a great referral source for me. It's Mother's Day. You are a mother, and I want to recognize that. Now, granted, for those that are my female referral sources that aren't mothers, I did something different. I didn't do it necessarily around Mother's Day. But it's that idea of like, what is it that I can that I can provide to them, whether through my time, through my expertise, or through a gift in some cases, that really allows them to say, hey, Stacy, she recognizes us, right? Like she sees us. She knows um, who we are. And it was great because the, the women that I sent that to, they would snap pictures of it and they would put it on social media and they'd be like, look what I got. And then, you know, sometimes they would, I got one, sent me a picture and she was like, I need another water bottle. My daughter, who's like three, has already taken my water bottle.
3: <laughs> so That's great.
4: Yeah. So, it, it's so, so- them. that's the important piece.
3: And so so let, let me ask sort of the the, the op- or the other side of that so I, th- I think I think that's an incredibly important message that the referral the thank you the gratitude needs to be all about them and and that's a, that's a very important message at the same time with financial advisors you know one of the one of the things that Julie and I preach and one of the things that we think is so important is is making sure that you're getting referred to the right people that you're getting referred to people in your target market and is so is there any way that you would respond to people People who want to give you referrals and may give you referrals but but have a tendency to give referrals outside your target is there any kind of message you can incorporate in that to try to sort of nudge them gently in the right direction?
4: Sure. You know, it's interesting. We talk about this inside the program um, Growth by Referrals. We talk about this with once people have been through it for a full year. I always tell them, stop worrying about the types of referrals you receive when a referral source is new, because it's actually more important to build the habit in them of thinking of referring you versus making them concerned that they're not referring you the right person. So once you can go through the process for about a year and you can have them referring you, even if it's like once or twice a year and they're in that habit and they're not referring you who you want, once they've been doing it for a while and you've established a strong relationship with them, then you can sit down and have a conversation with them that kind of helps them understand who is your best um, client. And what I always tell folks is that um, it's not so, what I always tell people, folks to think about is that it's about letting them understand where you do your best work. And that's actually the language that I teach my students to use is it's making sure your client, your referral source, excuse me, understands where you do your best work. And so just kind of painting a picture of who that ideal client is. And usually you can paint it in terms of, I love the referrals that you've given me. Meeting so-and-so and so-and-so and -and and -and so-and-so was great. I'm so sorry I couldn't help them. This is what they needed. And here's where I do my best work. So they can, and then you can explain your ideal client. You can't. This is my personal belief. I know there are people who will disagree with me, but I emphatically believe I cannot come at someone and say, hey, thanks for those referrals, but that's not who I need. And here's who I need. That language is going to make me feel defensive and be like, who do you think you are? Exactly.
3: Well, and 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 just to put a spin on it within the financial advice business, um, you know what we frequently recommend is that if they're outside the target, you identify another advisor who is you know who has that person as their target, and then you call the referral source back and say, "Here's what I did," because you know what they want to know is that their friend got taken care of, not that you necessarily brought them on as a client.
4: Exactly, because remember, we believe that people refer to us because. That they are thinking about us. They're not. They're not referring to you because they're thinking about how to help you grow your business. Nobody is. Even even the person who loves you the most, right? They got everything else in their own world going on. What they think about when they refer you is helping somebody who needs a financial advisor and needs to take control of their future. That's what they're thinking about. They're thinking about their friend, their colleague, their peer, right? Their family member. They're thinking about that person and how you can help that person but you are not the start or the end of the referral process you're just the beneficiary to a brand new client who's going to fall into your lap already trusting you because someone said trust Steve right and that's what people have to remember it's referrals aren't about you they're not about me they're not they're, they're just not about us they're yeah. about our contact knowing somebody who needs help and they've identified us as the solution provider. That's all we are. The hero is the referral source, exactly. and so that's why exactly. everything we do is about the referral source. Because they're the, really, truly, even above the new prospect or the new client, they're the only ones that matter.
3: Now, one of the things that that I think was so smart about uh, your program, as I read through it, and I want to make sure, and I want to make sure this is in the conversation here, is in addition to thanking them for it and providing that gratitude is you've got ways of dropping triggers into conversations on a regular basis so that you can remind people about referrals, but without asking. So can you talk a little bit about triggers and how you put them in conversation? Absolutely.
4: So your trigger question is perfect because that actually leads us from step three to step four of the five-step process. So in step three, if we are building our referral generating plan, that memorable and meaningful top of mind outreach the meat and potatoes of the process, then step four is the language we use that allows us to plant referral seeds or triggers where people start thinking about us from a referral perspective. And I always say that step four in the process, that's the secret sauce that makes the meat and potatoes of step three, the referral plan actually taste good, right? <laughs> so actually that really tastes good, but it actually works, right? I always think it's funny when I use a cooking analogy since I don't know how to cook, but I <laughs> do know that sauce makes things taste better.
3: That's right. So, we like tasty, so give it
4: a So, you know, when you think about that language that we're going to use in step four, that's all about what do we say? So that people start thinking about us and building that habit around and we're moving into the subconsciousness of them, of thinking about us from a referral perspective. And so, you know, sometimes I talk about it and there's lots of times that you can drop, you know, little tiny triggers or what I call planting little tiny referral seeds that specifically over time can bloom the more you do it. Um, And because you're doing it in a way that someone doesn't know you're doing it. So it doesn't feel like this repetitiveness to them either. Because um, you're wrapping it up in something that's genuine and authentic, which is caring and thanking them, right? And caring about them. So like, one of the times I always tell folks that it's easy to kind of drop something into a conversation is, you know even when you're having a conversation with someone and they say, hey, how's business, right? Like you can weave in language to keep the conversation going, but plan a referral seed just in that simple, easy question, as well as you can with what you write in that thank you card. The same way as when you're doing that Wonder Woman water bottle, what are you writing in the card as well? Or when you're having an event for your clients and you include your referral sources, what are you saying to your referral sources as to why they're being invited? So those are just examples of scripts. I mean, inside the program, we have like over 20-something scripts that kind of helps people understand what these planting the seeds look like and kind of that formula behind it. But the the truth is, it just comes down to making sure that you're communicating about referrals without it feeling overt. So let me give you an example. Um, And I'll go back to the first example I gave. When somebody says to you, how's business, right, the easiest answer to give to them is, the one we always give. Oh, it's great. Thanks for asking. How's your business? Or, oh, it's fine. Or it's busy or whatever. We're missing a massive opportunity to plan a referral seed, which could be, um, thank you so much for asking Steve. Business is great. I just brought on three new clients that each came from referrals. It's such a great way to grow my business, right? Just having those referrals kind of roll in and allowing me to do my best work with people who already value me or something to that effect, right? You have to find the language that's right for you. Um, we give versions of it inside the program because everyone's a little bit different. But that idea of saying, hey, business is great because, and then planting a referral seed about why business is great. Now you can't say something that's not true. So if you haven't gotten a referral in a year, you can't say you just got three because that's called lying. But it <laughs> it is that idea of figuring out how to answer questions in a way that allow you to talk about referrals. And a lot of times people will ask, well, you know, oh my gosh, you got the three referrals, who'd they come from? Or how do you think you got them? Or it'll continue the conversation. Sometimes it won't, but don't doubt for a minute that you didn't just plant a seed in that person's mind that your business is growing because of referrals. But that's just one of many, many examples.
3: Okay. Well, and that's, and that, that's, I love that because you're not asking for referrals, but, but again, you're reminding them and reminding them and reminding them. And, you know, it's that reinforcement that, uh, you know, that keeps it, that keeps it top of mind for them. So that, so that's number four. Um, What's number five in your process?
4: So step five is actually all about you as the person who is building this plan, right? So I always tell folks, your referral sources need an experience. Throughout the course of a year and every year, they need to feel taken care of. They need to feel gratitude. They need to know they matter to you more than just the average person that you know in your network. And they need those Seeds planted throughout the year. Not every touch point has to have a seed planted. Sometimes it's just a thank you, you're amazing, but um, there is a balance there. But so they're going to be getting all this experience. So right? every touch point grouped together over the course of the year feels like an experience. So your referral sources need an experience. But as the advisor, Who's also doing the work and man- maybe managing a team and trying to hit numbers and you know trying to do all the work and to dos and the tasks that come into running your business? What you need is a process. So, as we want to deliver an experience, we need to be able to deliver on it and execute on it, which means we need a process. And from the process perspective, right, that is creating the ability to automate or what I call processitize or systematize what those touch points are in our business so we actually execute on them. And then, of course, measure for our success and measure our results. And that's step five.
3: Okay. Yeah, well, and, and that's, and that is so critically important, you know, if, if, Drucker, you know, Peter Drucker said, what gets measured gets managed. And so making yes. sure that nobody falls out of that process and make sure that you're always measuring that. We, we just had a guest recently on the podcast who said the same thing, and he's somebody who gets a huge amount of referrals and it's all about, and and I, and I said, you get how many referrals a week? And he said, well, hang on, let me take a look, click, click, click. And he had it right there on his computer. So clearly it was present to him. And I think if it's present to more advisors, then they'll end up getting more, you know, even if they're relatively new at, at, at ideas like yours.
4: It's also like, I don't remember who, which author wrote that book about the red cars, right? When you think about buying a red car then all of a sudden you see a bunch of red cars. I think when you start tracking and thinking honestly about, okay, what does it look like to put referrals into my business? I, I think opportunities present themselves to you that maybe you have been there all along. You were just overlooking them.
3: Right, right, exactly. So, um, well, you know, there's there's so much good stuff in your in your program, and I, I we encourage everybody to get it. Uh, I'm going to ask you in a minute where people can find you, and, and we're going to make sure we put contacts to you in the show notes. But before we before we go, lem, let me ask you this: if 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 you um, if you wanted to give a recommendation to financial advisors, what what are the top three things you think financial advisors should should do to start down this path of being able to get more referrals?
4: Okay, so number one is you need to start tracking the data of where your clients are coming from. Because once you have that data, you don't ever have to do it again as long as you move forward with tracking it for new clients. So number one is is get your data straight and understand the sources from where your clients come from and make sure you have that captured. The second thing I would say is, is... Go ahead and expect that generating referrals in your line of work will be a little bit harder. But I find when you are referred, an advisor is referred, they're actually easier to close than most any other industry I do work in because it's such a delicate conversation to have with somebody to let someone manage your money or to let someone manage your risk or do your financial planning. Sure. remember that, you know, it's important to start thinking about what it's going to look like to generate referrals because it will make your life easier, but recognize it'll go slower. I always tell my financial advisors when they come to my program, it's going to go slower for you than any of my other type of students. But if you stick with it, you'll probably have the bigger results. And then the third thing I would say is just making sure you recognize that you have a client experience that makes you referable because just giving great returns and just managing money well, or just making sure they have all the insurance they need for risk is great, but it's kind of a baseline of being an advisor. You're in a dime a dozen industry and there are hundreds, if not thousands of you in most most cities and areas across the United States and the world, of course. So just remember that, you know, you have to make sure you're referral. And you have to go above and beyond just delivering great work. You have to build relationships with your clients to have a true client experience that's sticky, which films, which really builds the foundation for becoming referable.
3: Also, when you, you know, when when you talk about that process, uh, when you talk about your process, you need, you know, we emphasize that you need to have a process that that distinguishes you from other advisors because. Um, that's one of those, you know, have, having a process that addresses the unique needs of, of your target clients is one of those things that, that people can include in their referral that makes it a more compelling referral that gets them to call. So your, your point about having a, a process is really important, and then you, we would add to that having a distinct process so that people can, you know, refer you more effectively when they do.
4: You know, I think that's actually super smart from from that perspective. As like right, when you have something that's specific and unique to you, it actually helps me remember you too, and gives me exactly. a, a really good exactly. place to start to have a conversation from.
3: Exactly, exactly. Well, Stacy, um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, the book is generating business referrals without asking. Um, it is a terrific work. There is great ideas in it, and and the the program behind it is fabulous. And so. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. This has been, this has been terrific. So where, where can people find you?
4: Great. So the easiest place to find me is going to be on my website where I have all of my goodies and my resources, which is going to be StacyBrownRandall.com. And Stacy is spelled with an E. So StacyBrownRandall.com, you know, on there, they can um, definitely purchase the book or even just get a copy of it. They can take the quiz, the assessment that Julie um, mentioned earlier, and they can also take a seven-day challenge and just kind of figure out what does it look like to start building a foundation in their business to be referable. So there's lots of free resources there for them uh, to check out and kind of start testing the waters with truly having a referral generating plan in their business. And then when they're ready, the Growth by Referrals program will be waiting on them.
3: That sounds awesome. Stacy. thanks so much for joining us on Becoming Referrable today.
4: My pleasure. Thank you.
3: Hey, folks. Steve again. Thanks for joining us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really helps. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com, You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. So until next time, so long.